1: Ferguson and police are in the news once again. Listen to this. Ferguson police are now testing new methods of incapacitating suspects. Now, we might think, well, that's a good idea. Instead of shooting to kill somebody, instead of questioning somebody, or maybe even arresting somebody so that they can get a phone call and a lawyer and their right to due process instead of a coffin and a headstone. But of course this is 6 months after the highly controversial police shooting involving one of their officers. So this week, five instructors for the police department in uh, Missouri, they are training to use a quote less lethal device. I cannot make this stuff up. This is called the alternative. And what it is is it is sort of like a gun That has enough force to knock a suspect to the ground, but it would not kill him or her. In other words, subduing somebody without killing them. Sound good? Maybe, maybe not. Now, uh, and and it's attachment, technically. So it's an attachment that goes on to your gun. The alternative is a small orange device that attaches to the top of a normal handgun. And what it does is it extends a ping pong ball-sized projectile in front of the muzzle. After it travels through the barrel, the bullet will embed itself into the ally projectile, and the docking unit immediately detaches from the weapon. Now, that's all according to the manufacturer, and of course, if everything goes as planned. Now, the process decreases the bullet's velocity and dampens its impact. The bullet then would not, and should not, pierce a human skin and cause the type of internal damage. The internal damage is what kills us. That's what kills the person, Right. However, it retains enough blunt force to knock someone over and deliver severe debilitating pain. Now, the founder and CEO of Alternative Ballistics, Christian Ellis, says Ferguson police reached out to him after doing an extensive search on Google. He said, quote, after the Michael Brown shooting, they were very concerned about taking lives and making sure that they are proactive. Uh, Andy said these guys are taking it very seriously. They really like the technology, and I think they're doing the right thing by giving their officers more tools so that they can deal with deadly force encounters in different ways. Now, I have to say, before I continue with this, when I first heard about this, I was encouraged. But for some reason, I'm, I'm just not sold. Because you need to repair the relationship here, don't you? You need to change the mindset. Officers need to stop the mindset of racial profiling and become more colorblind. Now, Mr. Ellis, founder and CEO of Alternative Ballistics, was in Ferguson training officers to use the technology. Uh, the Washington Post was the, uh, the paper that broke the news that they were planning to use and adopt this technology. Uh, the manufacturer is based in Cali, where I am based, Alternative Ballistics, and, and they say the device represents a critical missing link. That link is between lethal force and less lethal force. He said the product is not to be used when the officer's life is in danger or a civilian's life is in danger. Obviously, if someone has a gun or a bomb, the officers have to react. But there are some situations where officers do have the time to make a different option. You think? Do you think? And while the alternative may sound like a good solution for police departments, of course, my first reaction with anything is what are the risks? There are some risks, unintended risks. Stephen Horwitz, who's a professor of economics at St. Lawrence University and sometimes applies the law of economics to situations beyond the realm of finance, he fears that this device could result in something that economists call a moral hazard. He said, quote, by insuring officers against less bad outcome, you are actually encouraging them to engage in riskier behavior. He argues that the assumption behind the creation of this device is that one shot is less damaging is, is, is with this less damaging bullet is substituting for one shot with a regular bullet but it might end up substituting the less damaging bullet for no bullets at all which some of us would like it certainly is possible he said that this would lead officers to be more likely to use their guns at all in all situations where they may not otherwise now this concern is similar to the argument that football helmets Embolden players to take greater risks with their heads, right? After all, you have that safety, right? Because you have that safety, you have that, you have that cushion, that safety net, and um, such as using them as weapons. Okay, so uh, you know this guy Horowitz. This was previously outlined by him and others. So if helmets counterintuitively exasperate the very problems of concussions and other head injuries that they're intended to address, could this be the same outcome with This alternative weapon. Okay. Now a spokesman for alternative ballistics doesn't buy the line of thinking. He said, look, the officers are going to be instructed to use this device only when the occasion calls for it. He said, quote, I think they'll use the device when it's safe and prudent to use it. It's designed to be used in a situation where lethal force is justified but may not be the best solution. Here are a few of the things I have. You're not shooting You're not pulling the trigger on the gun when you're pulling the trigger, if you will, for lack of a better term, on this device. Isn't it possible somebody will get mixed up? Using this when somebody's shooting at you? Or shooting at somebody else that you're protecting? And this is not going to be a cure-all. And by the way, would you agree that blunt force to a child of this magnitude might kill them? whereas it might just subdue an adult. There's just way too much gray area question mark and risk here, in my opinion. Now, by the way, it takes a few seconds to, to take the, the attached alternative and, and, and to use that, and that could give a suspect an upper hand. And remember, not just when people are holding their gun toward or weapon or threatening an officer, but there are times officers show up at a scene and the perpetrator, the bad guy, is pointing their gun or trying to hurt you or me or our mommy or our grandmom or our kids. You know what I'm saying? Dan Zimmerman, who is a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment, he's also managing editor of The Truth About Guns. He said in the heat of the moment, the device could lead to even more problems. God forgive me, I may be agreeing with this man. He said the biggest problem is that one of the things you never do is point your gun in the direction of anything you are not willing to destroy. And I think that's part of the problem, that always the shooting to kill. Um, and uh, there was a gun expert, Jeff who has four basic rules for firearm safety. Uh, in effect, always point your gun in a safe direction. So what Zimmerman says is the device makes it more likely for a cop to put his hand in front of the muzzle, and if not well-trained, well, the officer might also have his finger on the trigger. And what happens? Of her loss, and the loss uh, that could result in the loss of the cop's hand, the police officer's hand, and like he said, I, I do agree here. You were talking about the heat of the moment. You're talking about adrenaline racing, heart racing, pulse racing, mind racing. Boom, boom, boom. It's done, and that's part of the problem. Is the reaction in the heat. Of the moment. It's a fast-developing situation. He said it's an inherently dangerous arrangement. But, of course, they say there's no reason for anyone to put their fingers in front of the muzzle. But listen to how it's used, right? Now, the Ferguson Police Department reportedly intends to distribute the alternative, by the way, to all of its officers. They found itself, as you know, at the center of national debates over policing and race relations. After then-officer Darren Wilson shot and killed Michael Brown last August, they realize they have a problem. But is this what they need to address it is this the solution to the problem is it even part of the solution to a much bigger problem uh pick up the phone and join us i want to talk about this with you uh whether you're i'd love to hear from you if you're a police officer love to hear from you if you're a gun type person and if you're just a regular taxpayer like me with an opinion 8886 leslie Eight 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 six five three seven five four three 7543 is the number now i just told you about the alternative okay this less lethal device And police and Ferguson are testing this less lethal lethal device, the alternative. And this has enough force to knock a suspect to the ground, but not kill him or her. What do you think of the idea? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. 8886 Leslie. Now, do you think that if Officer Darren Wilson had used the alternative, that Michael Brown might still be alive? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. How do you think the situation would have played out differently if you think it would have? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Here's the deal. Part of the, the, the problem with that situation is that Officer Wilson claims that he was defending himself. I think he still would have pulled the trigger. And will this less lethal gun equipment lead officers to use their guns now more that they know it won't kill the suspect. And that can be very dangerous, people say. 888 6 eight 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 six five three seven five four three 888-653-7543 is the number. And like anything you have, there can always be abuse or misuse. Could the alternative be misused by police officers? It retains enough blunt force to knock someone over and deliver severe debilitating pain. In other other words, could they be using it all the time instead of just saying, hey, you know, take out your license and registration? Boom. And we're back. We're talking about this attachment that would be. A way to subdue people for the police department. Ferguson is distributing these to the police officers. Asked you a lot of questions. What do you think about this? Uh, will the police be more apt to use their guns all the time with this? Uh, is this a solution or a beginning of a solution to the problem uh, with police using excessive and lethal force? 888 6 leslie 888-653-7543 is the number. Uh, let's go to the call starting out in Oregon with Barbara on line four. Hi, Barbara. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us.
2: Hi. I mean, I wish society was different at this point in time. In my younger days, I was friends with cops. It was no no big deal. But, you know, in this day and age, now I'm white, you know, I live out here in Oregon, and I'm sorry, I was hit by a car in a crosswalk, and I was treated like a piece of crap. They knew the person that hit me, and I had two cops, one on each side, trying to take me to the side of the road. And say get along your way like I was some hopeless homeless piece of garbage, and I had to scream. I was an insurance agent just in work clothes, and uh, it was horrible. I had to scream and go to the hospital. I had two
1: broken hips and a broken wrist. You can't trust cops today. It's sad. Uh, you know what? I have to say that that uh, you know just being pulled over, uh, accused of uh, using my cell phone when I was actually. Um, applying makeup out of a, th- at, at a, at a stoplight um, in a very small towny section of Los Angeles, and you know the, the the amount of nasty disrespect treating me as if I was a common criminal uh, right. is just amazing. Well, see, I was
2: hit by a car in a crosswalk, had two broken hips and a broken wrist. I I went to the cop, went to the chief of police after I went to the hospital and I was doctored and everything, told them what their officers had done. They called me a liar. You know, here I'm a good law-abiding citizen, pay my taxes, and I'm called a liar just because those cops knew the lady that hit me. I'm sorry, that's not right. So you're living in a small town like back there, whether it's Ferguson or any of these small towns where these young black
1: kids have been shot. I'm sorry, it's wrong. There's no No, no, it is it is wrong, no question. So you're saying you don't just think A it's about race, B there's an attitude of disrespect toward the people and us and them mentality, not just uh, with black and white, not just regarding color, not just in black uh, neighborhoods, like you're not in a black area that you said, uh, but are uh, you in a predominantly African-American area? Um, but you I think, think it, you think there African is a divide in, in us and them between law enforcement and uh, the rest of us civilians? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I so, so what that. do you think about this attachment then based on that? What do you mean by the attachment this would be this is what I'm talking about the attachment is something that's like this orange attachment that goes on top of a gun that would knock a person down but it wouldn't shoot it would it would in a sense be um, you know shooting almost like a rubber ball that knocks you down not a bullet so you're subdued but not there's no uh, there's no death or allegedly no chance of death Well it's a new
2: play toy. Just like the taser was a toy uh-huh. toy. We have testified against our cops locally for tasering a guy just because it was a new toy, and they were having fun. I mean, it was totally wrong. There was no reason for them to be tasering
1: the guy. I saw a thing on Facebook it. the other day where they tasered a guy who was just, like, walking across the street away from a demonstration. He wasn't even part of the demonstration, and, you know, he was just like, whoa, you know, when he got, like, you know, because they were farther away. So he, you know what I mean, if they don't have it right on you. And you have to be in a you know a, a certain amount of feet away um, I uh, so you feel and I would agree with you that this is open a new toy new abuse absolutely
2: I mean none of the toys have worked I mean people have been blinded by the tasers people have been abused by tasers just because it was a new play toy I mean this is, it's not right when I was younger I was friends with cops I drank with cops. I had even the chief of police was drunk in my car, you know, crying his eyes out. He was going to get caught. And I said, no, no, you're not. You're-
1: That's what we want. Forget the attachments. We want the days where cops and the chief of police were drunk in our vehicles, Barbara, right? No, 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 it's not <laughs> you're today. cute. it's not the day they're using guns and they're killing people. All right, and Barbara, very well said. Barbara makes a very good point. She does not think it is necessarily about race, but rather about us and them, cops and other Hmm. What do you say? Eight 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 six. Leslie, and she uh, implies Barbara. Thank you for the call. And she implies um, that you know they they abused gun. They abusing guns. They've abused tasers. They'll abuse this. Agree or disagree? Back after this about the attachment it's not a new film a dating service or anything like that it is something that you put on a gun uh ferguson's trying out with five of their officers ferguson missouri by the way the police department their intention is to distribute to all officers it would subdue an individual with a uh, blunt force <laughs> i don't think he's blunt force trauma a uh, blunt force uh but not using a bullet it would be on top of a gun good idea bad idea i don't know. i'm curious we're gonna take some calls Uh, I want to hear from my crew, though, as well, because we've talked about this kind of stuff on and off the air about, you know, police brutality and Ferguson and things over and over and over. Marky Marcumaldi, I'm assuming you're with me, which is it doesn't sit well with you.
3: You know, what's weird is my path was similar to yours, where at first I was like, oh, this is a good idea, because, you know, in a situation where they might want to use their gun, the person might end up with a. A broken bone instead of dead, or you know ha- having to have like you know emergency surgery or something like that, but then the more I read the counter argument about you know them using it improperly, I started to come up with other concerns because i I have seen all this stuff with tasings and stuff like that, and it does seem uh, the bad side of it is is it's used a lot because police think well. You know, I'm not going to kill the person, so I'll err on the side of caution and use my taser. Whereas the side of caution should be not to use these, you know, although they're non-lethal... You can still, you know, paralyze a person or, you know, hurt them.
1: By the way, blunt, you you hit a kid in the head with that. Oh, yeah. you're, talk, you're talking brain damage or death. Not
3: even that's I mean, the worst case scenario, I'm thinking even lesser stuff. You know, I have, you know, back problems. I, I, you know, I, I deal with this my whole life. You know, it, it's, it's changed my life, everything that I do. Imagine, you know, them using this more often. They could, you know, hurt people permanently. So I'm honestly torn. I would like them to have an option, a non-lethal option, so that, you know, less people die. I just don't know if this is the answer.
1: Okay. Uh, Andrew, you have an opinion on this?
3: Andrew's giving me the thumbs up that he concurs. He'd like them to have an option, but he's a little concerned about this because of the concerns that the um, economist, I forget what his name was, who weighed on this, talked about the, the moral problem.
1: All right. Let's go to the calls. 888-6-Leslie, 888-653-7543. See what our great listeners think. In New Mexico, Line 5 is Don. Don, good afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, Don. Up next is Scott in Florida, Line 1. Scott, good afternoon.
4: Hey, good afternoon. How are you, Leslie? Good. Hey, I just, um, you know, I was listening to your show a little bit while I was on hold, and I listened to the lady previous, Barbara from I believe in the West Coast, Oregon. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I think what it really comes down to with this gun and uh, and the attachment and all that, it comes down to the quality of people who are who brandish the weapon. Um, Interesting, true. For an example, I mean, if I if I go to a a department store and I order something, and a sales clerk helps me out, and they're you know they're kind and polite and very helpful. That's great, but the next time I go in, I can get somebody who's rude and nasty. You can't fix human nature. People that are hired through the police department and other activities, other places, you're going to have good people and you're going to have bad people. It's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, but just the way it is, good people and bad people anywhere, that's true, but you're putting guns in these people's hands and they can take uh, human lives. So do we need to look at uh, the bad element that are getting into the police office, uh, uh, you know, to, to becoming police officers? And if so, how, how do we weed those out?
4: You know, I don't know. I don't know if there is an answer to that. Because you have a very very good that... point.
1: It's a, I mean, certainly, yeah. the, you know, the character of the person, I, I would imagine that the, the person who pulls the trigger, you know, is also, you know, more, is also the person who would taser more, is also the person who would use this attachment more.
4: True, um, but then again, and there's no way to test for that. Have, I mean, a lot of police have come home because they did use their weapon. So I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge judgment call, and it's it's what I'm trying to say is it's um, like human error. You, you know, there's a human behind it. There's not a machine. It's a human, and they have to make a split second decision on how to react to certain situations.
1: So you don't you don't think this attachment you don't think this attachment matters or do you because wouldn't it be nice for them to have an additional option and forgive me uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong I think you have to be really right on them with the taser you could be a distance from them with this this would be an ability to subdue.
4: Um, I you know either either way I I just think it comes down to who's brandishing the weapon. That's just my opinion. Um, I think there are good people there are bad people. And I feel upset and, and sad for Barbara, but you know it, it happens. All right. You know, I mean, I read a story where a nine one one caller hung up on a child, told him to stop being whiny after his, after his after her father got hit by a car. So I mean, it's just it's just bad people. I mean, and it's the way the society has gone over the last thirty to forty years.
1: But can we just um, say? Wait a minute. Can we just say that when we send our kids to school? Or, you know, uh, over to their friend's house or they're playing in a schoolyard that, look, some police are bad people and they have guns. And, you know, we just have to accept the fact that some people are going to die at the hands of those guns because there are just some bad people out there. I, I don't think – I think we can do better than that.
4: Yeah, I think we can too. But do you have an answer for that?
1: No, I How don't.
2: Can
1: we do I don't. Well, well actually, saying. yeah. No, I do. I do not have a solution. But I have something that could be incorporated that I think would help to weed some people out. I, I think that, you know, perhaps there needs to be a a stricter screening method with people who get into law enforcement.
4: Um, probably yeah, I and mean, then still people get through. You're gonna still have that one person who gets through. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just it's impossible to stop. Okay. And my point is, it's not the gun that's killing people. It's people who kills people.
1: Yeah, but a person, I mean, a person a the person, person the person that's more apt to kill a person with the gun can kill a person uh, more so than they could with this attachment uh, or a taser. Mm, that's, right. All right. Well, thank you. Very interesting. Good point. Like you said, it's the person. It's the person. Can we do anything about the person? Because it is true, right? It is true. Um, you know, somebody else in the position of George Zimmerman, would have acted differently and Trayvon Martin would be alive and he's not a police officer, but I had, you know, continues to be able to imagine a cop want to be. Uh, Let's go to Debbie in New Mexico as well. Line four, Debbie. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you. Listen, I wanted to bring up
5: uh, the question that you had raised about what if a policeman gets into a situation and he wants to use the attachment, but he uses the gun anyway and he shouldn't have. Um, What it was making me think is, is if we have a weapon that can completely incapacitate someone, why would we have our policemen be using guns anymore? I mean, if you have someone who is robbing a liquor store with a weapon, if you have a sniper on a bridge, if you have someone walking through a school shooting innocent children, if we have a device that could completely incapacitate that person, would it not be better to do that rather than shoot them dead because then they could actually be brought up and be held accountable? For their actions, and we could make an example of them rather than letting them go out in a blaze of glory. So, I don't know if the attachment is the answer, but if we could come up with a weapon
1: that could incapacitate people, why would we have policemen carry guns anymore? A lot of people are bringing up a lot of uh, very good points. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, uh,
5: one of the issues I really have with uh, terrorists and people who do school shootings, they know what they're going to be facing. And so they allow themselves to be shot by law enforcement or they take their own films out with their own guns. And I keep thinking, boy, if we could just hold them accountable, you know, if you could see them go through the process of being prosecuted and, you know, put in jail or even to be executed if that's their fate, I think it would make a lot more impact on people rather than, well, He did this heinous thing or she did this heinous thing, and now she's dead. You know what I mean? I think it would be wonderful to be able to bring people to justice, and a weapon that would incapacitate someone would allow our police force to do that. And then they wouldn't have to make that choice. Do I use my gun
1: or do I use the attachment? You know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you for the call, Debbie. Appreciate it. Uh, let's take uh, another as well, and we go next to Nathan in North Carolina, line two. Nathan, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. How are you? Good. Um, I agree with not the last caller, but the guy before me, I don't understand what the problem is with them using them. Like, obviously, it's the police. It's police that are using them. Um, it Kind of just plain and simple, like, police have the authority. You do You, you do things wrong. You don't cooperate with the
1: police bad things are going to happen okay that i I understand but i mean we want them they're supposed to be there not only to protect us but to serve us and we do have rights well
0: if you don't cooperate then you don't in my opinion you
1: don't need rights. yeah but what does what does cooperate mean and i say that because you know this guy was like please you know don't touch me there are a lot of people out there who have issues with that you know, you don't need to lay your hands on somebody if you're not pulling their hands behind them to arrest them.
0: I agree with that. It does it does happen a lot in some cases where cops will overuse their authority. But if you look at if you look at it as a whole, it's really not happening as much as people talk about it like it is. I I don't see the problem with the attachment because like it's the same thing with the military. The more they have, the more authority that they have. i would like.
1: Doing wait, 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 Nathan. I think that's p- the part of the problem for some people. The more they have, the more authority they have. And some people think that they feel they have more authority than they do or should. But they,
0: they should have that authority because they are the law. They're, they're
1: the, they protect the people. Now, look, I, I'm not sold on this, but I have to say that there has to be something, you know, out there between... Um, you know, just just, you know, questioning and, and, and arresting and, and shooting to kill. And, you know, maybe this is it. Do you think it's good to good to have something that can subdue an individual? And like I said, I'm not sold on this because I, I think it could be very dangerous because this alone, nothing alone. One thing, it's a multifaceted problem. I think there needs to be retraining. I think there need to be meetings between neighborhoods and these police officers. And I definitely think when it comes to a child, they you can't have one mindset with all individuals.
0: I do agree with that.
1: I can't argue with that. Now, I, I understand when a kid reaches for something, you might be afraid it's a gun. But at the same time, for the love of God, you know, I know maybe there's no time to count to 10. I'm not in that situation. Um, but most children are not reaching for guns. We are not in a warlike situation. We are not living the film American Sniper.
0: And like a, another thing, the previous call was saying, like if you're all police are humans, they are not robots. Putting people behind a gun, it all depends on the circumstances. Like, no, one, if you're not there, you don't know. You won't, you don't know what's So I don't understand how people have negative feelings so, about the actions that police officers do the make they have to be situation. I think non, the non lethal attachment that everyone's been talking about, I think it's a great idea because you're not killing people, so people can stop thinking about that. But it will take someone down to where they can't keep disobeying the law and that they have to have fucking
1: until somebody dies from that, right? Nathan, thank you for the call, buddy. Uh, safe driving there. I'm Leslie Marshall. We're going to take a break. When we come back, i got a lot of tweets here, more of your calls, of your holding. And if you want to join us, whenever we finish with a call, your cue to call through. Pick up the phone and join us. You heard me describing this attachment that uh, currently five officers are trying in uh, Ferguson. The intent by the Ferguson Police Department is to have all officers use this, quote, less lethal gun attachment. There are critics out there that fear this is a moral hazard. Some fear there will be safety issues back to the calls on this issue of the attachment sounds like a new film coming out huh uh let's go to dean and buffalo line three dean what do you think of it
6: uh first off i want to just say that you and your crew are the nicest and uh best in the business Thanks. i have the podcast i love it
1: oh awesome. um, i'm glad glad that you do dean and thank you uh, what, what are your thoughts on this issue
6: well, um, I'm one of those people who is in the consensus of it's not the it's not the weapon; it's the person yielding the weapon. So, so what you fee- need-
1: you feel that if the attachment had been on Darren Wilson's gun, he still would have shot Michael Brown. Of course, it's complete speculation and and, and you know conjecture and and in hindsight and judgment on our part. But do you feel that way?
6: Without a doubt, okay. um, you know. There's three things we need to look for, a background check, a character, you know, someone who can vouch for the person's uh, character, and we need some kind of uh, sensitivity training.
1: Sensitivity training. Okay, some people may laugh or poo-poo that, but I I don't think you're wrong. (laughs) You know, I think that... I, I think that police officers need to look at communities, especially with people of color, in a different way or perhaps the same way as they look at other communities and that they need to look at these people. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. My, uh, one of my cousins is a firefighter and EMT. And over Christmas, I couldn't believe the way he was talking about some of the people that he was called to help. And these were drug users. And how different when he first signed up for that job. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I think police officers and others become desensitized. I know police officers often become desensitized. They think, you know, they're going to become a police officer and they're going to catch bad guys and right the wrongs. And I think sometimes they get caught up in this. Um, but then again, the, the, the person.
6: We all have been uh, victimized or had situations with uh, police officers where you're like, really? He's supposed to be helping us. Why is he hassling us? So, yeah, I think there is something to the whole uh, sensitivity training.
1: All right. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate the call. And, again, you say the person adds some sensitivity training. Let's go to Line 4 in San Francisco with David. Hey, David, how you doing? Good afternoon.
7: Oh, honey, Leslie. Delated uh, Happy New Year. I, I don't think it was the first call of the year.
1: Oh, okay. Well, welcome back, or uh, welcome, and I think welcome back, and Happy New Year to you, too, David.
7: Right, right. Yeah, I um, I was actually kind of interested in, when you start looking at the, uh, the fake uh, use of the uh, grand jury, uh, this, I think, is a diversion. Uh, they're actually trying to continue to weaponize the police force as opposed to going after that prosecutor who mis- uh, misused the police force, or, excuse me, misused that grand jury. If I remember right, it, that grand jury was supposed to have run out in September, and he extended their term twice. So they they were basically kept slaves, you know, at $3 a day or something like that by that uh, prosecutor and then he misused the uh, the grand jury. So for them to continue on the idea of upgrading the weapons that police use in this uh, rinky-dink little town, uh, there was a news article, I believe it was on Huffington Post, and it described what life was like there in, in Ferguson, and that the uh, police and courts had made such a, a false use of uh, the uh, court system that there were 3 outstanding warrants for every household in uh, in ferguson that there are only 12,000 houses in the town but they had uh, 36,000 uh, warrants for things like jaywalking and you know whatever kind of meaningless crimes broken taillights and whatnot and so when you remember, first of all, the, the first press conference that happened, uh, the question came up of whether or not this cop knew that there was a shoplifting incident, and the police chief said that he did not. That this kid was pulled over for jaywalking, and because he, uh, you know, talked back to the officer, the officer uh, accelerated the the problem, and so he was basically killed for uh, for mouthing off at a. At and, a that, cop.
1: and that's what happened. A lot of people think that's what what began the mouthing off with uh, Michael Brown with the officer. Uh, interesting uh, story. Well, and excellent.
7: He never filled out a police report.
1: To this day,
7: that cop has not filled out a police report under the uh, you know the Fifth Amendment. A lot
1: Obviously, he's hiding something then, right?
7: Yeah, absolutely. All
1: right, right, David, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. Rusty in New Mexico, quickly, line five.
7: Yeah, howdy. I
8: I, I was thinking that these cops need to have cameras that they can't turn off before they get this extra equipment. There needs to be accountability. I think with the last caller, I think the system's broken. These grand juries are just used to absolve the prosecutors of any responsibility where they don't lose favor with the police unions or, or police in general. That's a big voting block, I would assume, in that area, especially in some of those elections. But uh, I think they need to have cameras. I think they need to have GPS on their, their body where people know where they are, so they can't falsify reports. They can just check it. It doesn't have to be live streamed. It just, we
1: know, have to video GPS them. on the police officers, basically.
8: Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be live streamed. It could be archived, so this way it won't expose them. It won't say where they're at or where they're hiding. Trying to get somebody a ticket for speeding or something like that. It could be a week delay, but something where citizens can go look and see what. Okay,
1: happens so you say doing. you say no, no more, no more uh, weapons, more accountability, and then maybe we can give you some more weapons like this. Okay, thank you, and I'm sorry for those calls I didn't get to. Tomorrow's Friday. I hope you'll join me then. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a great afternoon. Thank you to Mark and Andrew.